Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. Time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Well, good morning. Well, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn show, folks, in case you didn't know that. But, um... Well, we are taping on Thursday, and it is a beautiful day today, isn't it? Sun is out, and the ice is unjammed. Yes, thank. <laughs> oh my God, I have. That was the spookiest thing to it see. It was weird. Wasn't it? Very. Do you weird. see those big things of ice everywhere? I mean, I, it's unbelievable to me. Yeah, ice it was is... up so high. The one guy called it icebergs, and that's exactly what it looked like. Indeed, it did. Wow, that was really that had to be scary weird. for those West Pittston people. Yeah, I mean, you just look once at that. again. Here we go. Well, what do you mean? Flooding. Oh, yeah. It's Well, maybe they'll put up a wall this a time. A levee. They don't want it for the aesthetic value, I guess. Well. Uh, but, man, that's scary. That is, is really scary. It was it is. something. It is indeed. Mother Nature. Yeah. Yes. It was funny listening to someone last night on the news. He talked about Mother Nature doing this and that. And yeah. Then he said, he doesn't know what he's doing. Excuse me? That's Mother hey. Mother nature. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, whatever. But anyway, we're good with that, and things are okay. Now we have some rain coming this weekend. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, well, the point is it could create the same issue. Yeah, I know. But we're fortunately living in a place, you and I, that's yeah. high up, and we don't have to worry about that part right now. I do get water in my basement, though, all the time. Do you really? Ugh. I have a sump pump, and it was going the other day. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One time in that flood, that remember that January 2000 or 1996? Whenever it was, yes, yeah, so in January. My, my basement, the water was just full, coming in like a river to my basement. The fire mm. department was there. It was terrible. Mm. It's an old Dunmore basement, you know? I guess. So, um, yeah, yucky. So you have some news to share about uh, your, your children, one child. in particular? Yep. <clears throat> well, my son, Sean Cadden Foley, has been applying to a host. Well, he applied to 11 law schools. Yep. 10, all of the top 10, and Georgetown, which is 14th. And so far, he has heard from seven schools that he's been accepted but his favorite so far and where we were screaming and crying at the same time came on tuesday two days after his 24th birthday two days after the eagles won the <laughs> whatever and nfc and, championship, NFC championship uh, and sean's favorite team Yay. he was accepted to harvard law school Yay. so he is as am I delighted. Mm -hmm. The other day, somebody said something to me. I go, excuse me, do you think I don't know that? My son's going to Harvard Law. <laughs> <laughs> it was 
so funny. Anyway, you had to be you there. You are pathetic. Yeah, but it was so good. It was so. It's just the best oh news. He God. is worked so hard and just such a good boy. And ah, uh, I am just. I'm tickled pink for him. Tickled I can tell. Pink. That is wonderful he's, news. He is delighted. Mm-hmm. And uh, so many people have been reaching out to us and, you know, thank, uh, congratulating. And just, he's, I'm telling you, it's mm-hmm. it's remarkable. And we're thrilled. So That's great. Good news for Sean. Yay, Sean. Yes. Mm-hmm. Including our buddy, Mr. Mike Brown. Who's Mike Brown? Mike Brown Pharmacy, Mr. Mike Mike Brown Brown's Pharmacy, my good oh, buddy. I don't know him. You don't? I thought you knew mm-hmm. Mike. Well, anyway, Mike's a <clears throat> dear friend of ours, and his son Ryan, who was just accepted to TCMC's medical college. Sean and Ryan are best friends, oh, that's nice. and so he sent me this wonderful text. And then um, Sean's uncle was in. Um, uh, uh, at Brown's the other day <clears throat> and he was talking about Mike and that Mike always speaks so highly of Sean and um, it's just such a nice it's a nice thing because they're just such good friends and I don't know the good feelings you have and so we thank them everybody it's That's great good. Mm-hmm. and what else would there was something else I was going to tell you oh, there's an organization that I don't know if too many people know about in northeastern Pennsylvania that I think more people should know about. So I'm going to take um, this opportunity with our airtime to talk about it. Um, It's called NEPA Networkers, and it's a group that was started, I want to say five years ago, by some people who have been very interested in wanting to keep Um, business in northeastern Pennsylvania and to have people who do own businesses do business with people in northeastern Pennsylvania, uh, which has been your mantra for many times about going to places that are privately owned rather than the big boxes. Yeah. And so they had um, a, a network meeting. They do this, I don't know if it's every month or every other month, but they try to move it around northeastern Pennsylvania. And last week, uh, their January meeting was at the Radisson in Scranton. And they had quite a turnout. There must have been about 50 or 60 people there, which was really great. Some of the people that were there are people that have been at every meeting and the the standbys. They're always there. But there are many people. What really inspired me was a lot of younger people who had businesses that they had started in northeastern Pennsylvania. And the number one question I kept asking is, why here? I mean, that's their mantra is, why here, you know, why not us, and why not now? So I said something about that to this one guy who had been here for a while. He went to the University of Scranton, not from here. He was from Manhattan, I believe, and went back there after he graduated and started working and decided that he wanted to own a business. So he moved back here because he said, when I was here, I loved this area. I loved the way people worked, the work ethic. I love the fact that I could raise a family here and not worry about the things I worry about in Manhattan. And it was really very uplifting to hear someone say that. So that was one one group. And then there were probably three or four other people that I talked to, and all of them had great stories to tell, but I was just so impressed by the fact that these were all people under the age of 30. 
It's nice to yeah, know that's that wonderful. that's going on around here. It's really good stuff. Yeah, because I'm so sick of it, including my own children, who say, you know, I would never come back there. I can't do what I want to do. I can't right. make the money I want to make. I right. can't, you know, and I, I hate that. But they're right in so many ways, you know. But then you have these younger kids who are here doing it. And, and they're starting tech companies. I know. Good stuff. I know. You know, really good stuff. Low, very low overhead. Now, how did you get involved? Well, I was asked to be to speak? A, a part of it. No, oh, I wasn't okay. speaking, but just some of the um, the principals, let's say, of, of the organization said, why don't you join? You know, you're a Northeastern Pennsylvania business owner. You should, you know, come over and just see what's going on. So I've been a member probably about three or four years, been to various meetings, different places. Sometimes they have a speaker or a theme. Um, other times it's just literally networking. That's what people do. And then they hold these, I'm sure there's a cute term and I forget what it is, where you just get pop-up kind of things. I, I think that's yeah. the new word. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have pop-up coffee house things. So someone might say they're going to sponsor um, a pop-up coffee meeting on a Friday morning or something on Tuesday or for lunch. Whatever it is, people just get together and they, they talk. If they can make it, great. If not, they don't. Yeah, I think But it's, it's a Facebook page, NEPA Networkers, and um, I think it would be very informative for anybody who has a business and would like to do more business in north northeastern pennsylvania or is looking on how to start a business because there's a lot of support there now do you think they are they brick and mortar kind of business no they're not right so they well don't. some of them are yeah i can't say no some of them are but the majority of them are consulting businesses they are high tech they're health sciences uh, there are a lot of different groups of people that okay. are there and people who are CPAs and attorneys and you know all that so there's professionals there as well a lot okay. of venture capital people who you know would like to look for the next good thing yeah well, that's cool. so it's all good it's good to know that that's going on in northeastern Pennsylvania so I wanted to promote it and let other people know that that's out there okay yeah well, you know what I was speaking of two um born and raised northeastern pennsylvania gals we have two uh we have um a birthday wish two birthday gals that are friends of yours how's that whose birthday when you're listening will be the day before friday the 26th we have miss rose broderick oh, and miss okay. donna barbetti okay so same day a, same day same wow. year same everything oh my gosh i didn't know that yep so wow. we have to w wish a big happy birthday to donna barbetti mm -hmm. and rose broderick that's great two beautiful talented smart friends of ours very who, involved in the community uh, oh my god unbelievable yes. great unbelievable resources. people so happy birthday girls yeah, happy love birthday yeah happy happy birthday and then and also course, one more i have to say yeah who's the tommy that? oh tommy okay, thomas right. foley the fourth mm -hmm. will be tomorrow the 27th no today while you're listening the 27th he my boy my baby boy who isn't really my baby my firstborn will be 29 years old Ooh, was he prepared for the big transition the zero Probably. year he never that doesn't ever <laughs> It's more as his mother prepared. Oh, for okay. <laughs> I'm a 30 year old. I told you, I look in the back. I'll, 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 I say to them, now you're older than me, finally. Oh, gosh. In yeah, my mind, right. 
That's all yeah, right. Yeah, in your mind. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. So happy birthday to my boy. Love him. That's great. Yeah. And, and? And I'm trying to think there was something else I wanted to say, and I forgot now well, what that we is. We have to give a big shout out to a couple things. Number one, Mrs. Scanlon. She is recovering nicely. She had some um, surgery. I didn't know that. On her back. Um, she's great. I talked to her the other day. And so I want to give a big shout out to Mrs. Scanlon and the Scanlon restaurant. I, I, I called her to just to check on her, and she's starting back next week. How does it function without her? I have no idea. <laughs> we have no idea. But wow. Scanlon's restaurant, one of our faves. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Scanlon, so we wish her well and um, uh, do well next week when you come back. She said she's coming back for a couple hours a, a day, so that's wonderful. That's good. And what else is I going to tell you? Oh, uh, just in general about doing like the local people to um, buy and eat and instead of the bigger chainy type things, it's okay to sprinkle that in. But I, again, what you said before, let's focus on the people who are starting business and, and doing what they can to keep things moving, like Mansour's, which we go to all the time. Mm-hmm. The, these are restaurants, and, and we're going to be at Natalie's. You, we're going there tonight, another local family-run business. I mean, these are yep. the places I, personally, I'd prefer to go to these places mm-hmm. than to chains. It's just Well, the it's thing better. is with a chain, the people who work there, the people who are there could care less. I mean, they don't have any accountability to the bottom line, you know, so. Well, I don't think all of them. I mean, yeah, I, I well, get what you mean, but I right. don't think and it's gen- that blasé is what I'm saying. But, I don't the di- admit- but here's here's where I would where I would say the difference is if you are driving around and you all of a sudden feel I need to use a bathroom, you can walk into any McDonald's, Burger King, any of those chains, walk right in, use the bathroom and leave and nobody really cares because the people behind the counter don't own the business right they don't care that's true so there was this whole thing about people feeling would you feel uncomfortable about walking into a place and using the bathroom and leave i would more so be concerned about that if i was natalie's or if i had somebody who had a a place in the community you'd feel a little less comfortable doing that than you would if you walked into a McDonald's or Burger Well, yeah, King. I don't know that anyone would do that, really. But they anyway. do. But that's do what they? I'm... Um, no, no, no. I mean, to McDonald's, they do. I've done it myself. But there you go. Yeah, I know. But, but you, that's you, my point, is that there is some the, the accountability. The accountability, yes. Yes, yes. To, to the public and, and to a sense that these, you know, it's kind of like, would you walk up to somebody and say, excuse me, I don't know you, but can I use your bathroom? Yeah, I know. You know? <laughs> so, I don't sometimes. So. I may, Lynn, you never know I with know. me. I you know that old it. Ivy. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick <laughs> a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn Show. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And I am Lynn Evans. I'm the managing director of Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm for baby boomer women. And I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Yes, ma'am. All right. Here's my other thing I was going to talk about. I knew I had uh, something else. Um, yesterday, 
which as we're speaking would have been Wednesday, I recorded a show uh, for a company that's called TechBridge, yep. which is uh, a piece of this Northeast um, Pennsylvania business network type thing I was talking about. And um, my friend Marty Wolf is the host, and we did it at um, 94.3 The Talker. And we recorded the show. It was supposed to be half an hour, and I think it was just, just about so half you know, an Johnny hour. Just so you know, Johnny blocked his ears when you said that. I'm he sorry. was going, la, 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 sorry. la, la, la. Sorry, that's the way it works. He's in. Um, and it was really, a, it was a great conversation about what I've done, why I decided to stay in northeastern Pennsylvania, and how I succeeded in a business that was probably not one that a woman was supposed to succeed in. We talked about, I was thinking about you, because we talked about the two choices most women had when we graduated from college was nurse Nursing or teacher. Or, right. Okay. <laughs> so I said, well, to that extent, my mother um, faithfully fed that formula because my sister's the nurse and I'm the teacher. Mm -hmm. so, and then I thought about how many of us, and we had talked about this before, how many of us have gone to school for something? And for whatever reason, it didn't work out, and we did something completely different. Uh -huh. Now, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But I, I was saying, I was thinking as I was leaving that you are another classic example of that when you started at nursing school and just said, not for me. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> exactly. I knew it wasn't for me when I dropped blood up at CMC as the candy striper that I was. <laughs> I didn't go on the floor. I just dropped that. I carried a packet. Oh, when you think man. about the things you did back then that don't they don't do now like yes. literally carrying a thing of blood yes uh, whatever it was in a plastic thing and um i and then when i spilled the water on that lady like the flowers spilled all over i'm thinking that, what was i doing <laughs> what was i doing even thinking but that's because oh. that was drilled into your head yeah you I know, know? Mm -hmm. And I knew I didn't want to do it. And I'm, and I'm thinking back, I say this before, but I'm just so happy I had the guts to get the heck out of there. Because so many people just won't go against their parents. That's right. And would not want to disappoint. And I know my parents were hugely disappointed in me, as I yes. would be in my child. Yeah. And it had to be heartbreaking. It, it did. But what are you going to do? No, and, and the thing is, you know, I, I think part of that then for me was... After I graduated and had this degree that everybody said I should get, and I didn't have any problem getting it because I really wanted to teach. And this is interesting that now at this point, that's where I'm going back to. I want to teach women about personal finances. So I'm, I'm taking that skill set that I learned right. and, and applying it now later in my life. But when I graduated and there were no teaching jobs, I was angry at the world. Because I said, hey, I did my part. This like, was my... yours? Yeah. Uh -huh. where, where, where are the jobs? Where is the offer? I don't have any. And so I really went into a messy depression for at least six months to a year. It was a mess. Till I finally crawled out of it myself and said, well, then there's something else I have to do because I can't just sit here. And it just evolved after that, one thing after another after another. So now when I see young people who are really having a hard time at school and they don't know that they want to stay and everybody says, just stay, get the degree. 
I don't know that that makes sense. You're a living example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't get the degree. No. And you don't and, need it to do I what never, you do. And you know what? But you know what, though? It, when you think about it, you it, it all happened and everything happens for a reason. Oh, yeah. But... I knew once I got into banking and I looked around and I was smart enough to to pay attention to the people who were above me and the lack of college degrees they had and where they were and where I knew I wanted to go. I knew it really didn't matter back. Well, in that 1980, Mm -hmm. it didn't matter. It mattered how good you were at that craft. And mm-hmm. I knew the better I was, it was not going to stop me, and it didn't. And I just kept learning and doing everything I could to learn and to hone those skills so that I could get to where I wanted to get in that world. And then after you got to where you wanted to get to in that world, then what? Well, then I changed. I went, I did other stuff because, yeah. you know... You just just once you reach something, it's like, okay, so wh- where next? do I want to go now? And do I really want to right. keep that? And then um, it, 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 I did. So you just change it around. And that's why I, I never, you know, I used to be very embarrassed because a girl, like someone of my age, should not not have an education, a college degree. Yeah. And um, I would be embarrassed to tell people I didn't. So I kind of, st- and now, I, I, like I tell people, I wear like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Because I told you that time, um, my our good friend Betsy Bonzar asked me to speak at the, what's the name of the National American so- Association of University of Women. Right. Yeah. And asked me to speak, and I said, um, sure. Um, and she said, well, think about what you want to talk about. So um, I called her. I said, Betsy, I have an idea. She said, what's that? I said, I think I want to tell you ladies who all have college educations that you could, that I, how, how I succeeded without it. She goes, that's fine. Tell your story. <laughs> and I, and I, obviously oh, I'm all about higher education yes. promotion with my children, but it wasn't what I needed. Right. So now I just came to the conclusion, which (laughs) I should have said for years, is that now I tell people, look, I finished nursing in seven months. You people take (laughs) three three years to four. And I got done very quickly. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, that's... Yeah, but it's it's not always doesn't always work out that way, but it can. Well, that's true. It doesn't, and and I think it's the it is exactly what you said. It is the mindset you have about your um, choices and your ability to get to make the choices. Yeah, and and the thing is, you get yourself into that tunnel vision of if I don't have a degree, I can't do this, but. There's no encouragement from the outside about what do you do if you don't have a college degree? Mm-hmm. Because everybody has other things. Well, now then the other choice is, okay, then you should go to a technical school. That's what they used to well, call them, Well, that's big. Right? Now, now it's well, re- going back to that. Yes. And that's because those people make a lot of money. But do you know, know what I really wanted to do? What really, you Beside do? going to Hollywood? Okay. Um, was, <laughs> was, um... I wanted to go to cosmetology. I wanted to be, I wanted to do hair and makeup. That's yeah. what I wanted to do. Okay. And, and that so was you, not even, that, what they wouldn't even, I couldn't even utter the words in oh. my house. Okay. And I well, still think about that tease and say, I, like, I just think that's so me. Like, I could definitely be, could. To, I could do, that's just something I always loved. I think it's wonderful. Now, does your sister have a college degree? Nope. 
Okay. But she went to floral designing school when she determined that she knew what she wanted to do. She okay. went to school and was trained and then and that's came okay back. Yes. With the parents. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because she, Barbara decided that that wasn't, she didn't know where she, kind of which road to go. And that's what mm -hmm. she did. And that's what her living has been. And she's honed that skill beautifully. And it's an art, it's a, it's a, it's an art form. It is. So, but she Very did creative. get specialized training in that. Yeah. Okay. None of them. My brother Jimmy does not. Mm -hmm. Went to the U, I think, for almost three and a half years. Didn't finish. Mm -hmm. and, and my brother Timmy graduated from Johnson with the three he in carp with a degree in an associate degree in um, carpentry. So it's okay. a three year program. He did, mm -hmm. but no. Mm -mm. And I love it. I love it because I, I do too. everybody is an entrepreneur in our family, except That's, for Timmy, who got the college degree. Yes. And he is the one who works for someone else because he's in construction management and does, he's in Florida and there's, the work is very abundant yep. and left here because it wasn't mm -hmm. and went there and uh, loves it, but doesn't need, he doesn't need to be on his own because he lo he's a foreman, he loves what he's doing and loves working for people in that whole, you know, that whole uh, end of it, and he's not looking to do anything else. But my sister, my brother, and I, my mother, you could say, because she was a private duty nurse, it was her own business, and my father. So we all kind of had that. I say serial entrepreneurs, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, we grew up in a family of, um, I'm the third generation of entrepreneurs. Uh, my brother, who lives in Florida, he doesn't, he did a thing. What six weeks at the University of Scranton? And said, "This is not for me." Yeah, and he works with my sister-in-law. They've developed a business. Um, she does a lot of training, uh, corporate training programs, and then my sister's the only one who really did that route. She has a, an undergraduate degree from Marywood College with nursing. And at the time, you know, you could do three years and become a right. registered nurse. Right. Well, she chose to do the extra, which was credits. unusual. Yeah. That was not, I mean, there were some wonderful schools that had it, but not that many. Right. She was, I think, the last graduating class from CMC um, with nursing degree. And so she got the, the bachelor's degree in nursing. She finished the requirements for that. And then when she moved to Philadelphia, she also went to Villanova and got a master's degree in uh -huh. nursing. So she's the one who has the most um, formal education of yeah. the three of us. Mm -hmm. But... The entrepreneurial thing is very much a part of my world, yeah. too. You know, that's that's how we were raised in that world. And there were the ups and the downs, and my God, were there ups and downs. But, you know, that's the way it works. You have to have that tolerance for that kind of variation in, in your life, that insanity, the volatility of what it is. And if you can't, then you need to get a job. Yeah, and the other thing is when you think back of where you went and the road you chose, and which I think we talked about a little bit last week, yeah. it's amazing to come out uh, on this side. And I can't, I, it, these things just keep surfacing for me and it, it ever so even this 
week with Sean and the good stuff on what you do with your kids and and it's just in stuff that happens it's you think oh man and these are the things you did to get to that and the 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 pain and the um I don't want to say suffering because that's not the right word but the the tribulations uh, trials and tribulations that go along with getting there so the good and the bad um the fear the, the angst fa- yeah lots it's it's the lost sleep mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff just yeah keep praying like please please and it goes on and that's in anything though yeah but i think more so when you're an entrepreneur because the buck stops here oh yeah you got the choices you make um are significant for everybody else too so um yeah it's the way way it is and if you can't but everything is coming up roses. Do you want me to start singing? No, please no. Right, I won't. Thank you very All much. Right, well, we're going to take our leave of you and uh, after one more segment, mind you. We have uh, Diane Baldy. She is the CEO, President and CEO of Hospice of the Sacred Heart. She's joining us today. And um, we will, uh, Fidelity Bank was supposed to be here and was, um, had a, we had a little um, something went on where they couldn't get here, so we will see them next month, probably for a double hit, I told Joanne Lynn, so we'll take care of them next okay. month. But anyway, we will be right back. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a new company I created just a short time ago called Women of Substance, LLC. I am also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and a whole bunch of others that we don't know about yet. How about that? That's good. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And your list business, and you are listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. And our guest today is the lovely Diane Baldy RN, because we have to play off the Ann Cadden RN stuff. Diane is the president and CEO of Hospice of the Sacred Heart, one company that I hold dearly and sold as Lynn, having had her uncle. Um, be taken be, care of so yes. well. Right, Lynn? Which extremely, we talk about. Yes. Extremely well. And Diane is with us today, and we're going to talk a little bit about all things going on at and Maybe too, Di, I think what's important, let's talk a little bit about the misconceptions of hospice, what people think it is. I think most people think it is just the last three days of your life, and it's so not that. It's so much more than that. Could we kind of, I mean, you, I know you have other things to say, but could you kind of clear that up, what the average stay is which I thought you told me once and I repeated it and everyone was like no way I said yeah well it's been it's such a complicated and confusing um, part of everybody's life and I think when people hear hospice they think just like you said three to five days um, and that's that's the lifespan and it truly isn't that at all now across the country the average length of stay is about 65 days mm-hmm. so that's two months the truth of the matter is 
it's a six-month benefit. So we're really even be beneath that, way beneath that. Our average daily census in our organization is about 61 days. So that's the good news. I think people are terrified. I just had a, a, a neighbor, a very good neighbor, um, who wanted his brother was going to come into the program. And when they heard the word hospice, I often tease, I call it the H word because it's like a yeah. curse word. Mm-hmm. People are so mm-hmm. terrified um, because they think it, it equates death and, and not necessarily. I told you this before that I when I get the satisfaction surveys back from, from the survivors, the very, the only one of the few complaints is I wish we knew about this sooner Mm -hmm. because to try to get the word out and nobody really wants to sit around Thanksgiving Day and talk about (laughs) hospice care. They don't. And because it's who wants to talk about death and dying. Um, But there is a time to do that and to certainly make your wishes known and whatnot. And I think hospice is a very complicated in everybody's mind um, because it's really it's only it came into being in 1983. So it's kind of a a neophyte in terms of health care. So but it is it's a wonderful program that not only helps the patient it's also the family because when a patient that you know and love is in your family and they're sick you in essence are sick as well the whole family suffers from the illness so that's what i think the the important news is to get out about hospice care call in see what we can do see how we can help you because it's just not the patient who will give all the finest clinical and spiritual and emotional care to but also the family and the other thing is diane that so many people think that that means you're actually in the inpatient unit to the very end correct that that's the only way or that's what it is and in in all all honesty before I started doing some work with you I that's what Mm -hmm. I thought and Mm -hmm. and it's so so not that right and actually when hospice was established in in this country um all the patients were at home and because there was a lot of caregiver women were in the workforce as much you know back in the early 80s and they were there to take care of the patients at home um and then as the inpatient units started to develop maybe 20 years ago, you'd see that the public thought of hospice as a building. It is not. It's wherever you call home. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a very confusing thing. We do provide services to home wherever you call home. It could be your residence. It could be an assisted living, personal care, nursing home. The truth is we had a patient uh, about four or five years ago who actually lived in a tent in a a state park and that was what he considered home and we we went to provide services to him there so i think that's the confusing part but it is the building the hospice unit is a short term that's um it's kind of like crisis management Mm -hmm. i call it the the hospice icu it's in that length of stay is really only about five to six days yeah So that's where I think people think it's only that. And that's why it's so important to let people understand. And then the follow-up, Diane, that you do, the the bereavement uh, part of it, the component. The the follow-up, I know I was telling you the other day, Lynn, I I don't know if I told you, I was talking to Jerry Notariani, Commissioner Notariani, about something. And I said something about hospice. And he said, Laurie, I can't believe it because I just, do you know the other day my phone rang? I didn't know who it was. He said, "I, I am answered it he said and it was hospice calling hospice of the sacred heart calling to see how we were after the he said uh, the death of my mom and the death of my mother's husband his stepdad mm-hmm. and different things that he said you just don't think like oh, this time after and they're following mm-hmm. up and that's it's not that's so important because even with our 
newly founded Camp Healing Hearts and and what we did this year uh, with the arts community and the wonderful artists Diane and these children who are the the legacy of the people mm-hmm. that you've had the privilege of taking care of and mm-hmm. but they're still at a loss. Sure they are and I think um, Medicare when they put together um, and those people who drafted the original Medicare hospice benefit bill were smart um, because you know the death doesn't end you know when that patient dies because you do as you said you have a group of survivors and that's so important to deal with them because they for the length of time and sometimes it's years that they've cared for this patient and how we're going to care for them um, I'm very proud to say that our, our programs are so worthwhile and so well thought out because it not only takes care of children as you mentioned but adults and people have lost a mom people have lost a dad people have lost a spouse and there's so many programs our programs are free to the community just not to patients families that we've cared for but open to the community i strongly encourage you if you're having a, a, a problem with the loss please call us because there are counselors always available to maybe to fit you into a program even if it's a one-on-one session that might benefit you because the pain the pain is real and, and grieving is real and everybody grieves in a different manner and for le- different lengths of time absolutely someone who thought they had it licked and a couple of years after it hits them. a reminder and, right and, an anniversary yeah. something but that's mm-hmm. what you're saying even if you weren't cared for your 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 loved one by hospice you're sure everything is open to the public absolutely including one thing we need to talk about are the lunch and learn programs yeah. that you do on a monthly basis yeah. at the center for um education on montage mountain road that is ongoing that twisted a little bit this year right you want to talk it to did, about how sure. that's it's going. a little bit of a twist <clears throat> and i think it's a great twist because for this year and thank you to donna and michael barbetti for sponsoring this year mm-hmm. um as they did last year yes this year what we're doing is a highlighting and showcasing other area nonprofits um besides hospice to the sacred heart so for every month we have local Non-for-profits, for example, you know, we have Voluntary Action Center, we have Marley's Mission, we have Dress for Success, Children's Advocacy, uh, Keystone Mission, a host of different nonprofits to be able to let our community that comes into our lunch and learn learn about them. It gives them a little bit of opportunity to tell that community what's going on in their own because they don't always have the advertising dollars mm-hmm. or the. Um, the way to get the information out about what they do. They're great services, and there's, there's 100 nonprofits. This year we're going to do 12, 12 and hopefully yeah. do it again next Chip year. Chip away at 12 yeah. here. Chip away a little <laughs> bit at a time. But it has, so far, I'm, I'm hoping we have a, a wonderful response to it because those organizations and, and being from a nonprofit, it's sometimes it can be thankless and you don't think everybody knows what you're doing um, in terms of getting your message out, but it, this helps those wonderful programs do that. Well, the other thing I think, and Lynn, you would agree because you're involved in so many things too the collaboration there mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. nonprofit and nonprofit celebrating each other and 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 using your good yeah. w- will and the things you've been able to accomplish and you have a little a budget to do these mm-hmm. things to help the others who maybe can't or mm-hmm. like to and can't do it and you bring them in that that I'm speaks. looking forward to it because I'm gonna I'm gonna have an education you yeah, know so yeah, that exactly. that's well, the nice sure, part of it sure what each of these uh, mm-hmm. nonprofits do right. and what they specialize in it's it's right. important, Lynn, you know from a granting standpoint, 
they all want collaboration. Sure. Oh, yeah. I, I was going to say, too, that even though I've had a personal experience mm -hmm. with hospice, um, I didn't realize a lot of See? what you just said mm -hmm. was available to the general <clears throat> public. And, I mean, I do understand that hospice has opportunities for people to stay at home and, mm -hmm. and to do all that for 60-plus days. Um, I don't know that... It, that uh, that anybody ever mentioned anything about that to my uncle. You know, he was he was hospitalized for a while, mm -hmm. but he did go home, and then he came back to the hospital. When he was at home, he should have had that kind of care. Mm -hmm. But I don't think anybody in the system ever talked to him about it. Well, and that's that's that makes Wrong. me sad you know yes, because i think that really. for and i think you can't too. point blame and, and i no, certainly am no. not in a position to do so but i think that um it, it's really the education right the education mm -hmm. piece through the hospitals you know social services case managers who all know it but sometimes it's almost it's still complicated confusing as i say to most of the healthcare professionals and they may think oh don't call hospice yet um because and then when they do call us they'll say because there's nothing else that can be done yeah right Actually, with your uncle, right? Actually, right. there is something that could be right. done. We can provide the pain management, provide the support to families, surprise, su uh, provide the support to the patient. And yeah. I think that's the education. I can't believe, you know, 30 years later, I'm still saying it, but it's the truth. <laughs> well, I mean, so it's, it's a, you know, a career's worth of time saying it, but I think people are, bottom line, it's, it's a fear factor. It's yes, like, I'm sure it is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm glad to know that that yeah, is an option. It is available. Yeah. I was also going to ask, how many people do you uh, get to these lunch and learns? Well, it depends because we do ask for RSVP. And as we know in the world of RSVPs, that, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Always, that doesn't right, yes. hold true. Um, depending on topic and whatnot, mm -hmm. I would say average of 50 to, to 70. Yep. That's, what, that's what we plan for mm -hmm. in terms of that's seating great. and whatnot. Yeah. Now, we have a wonderful crowd that comes. Yeah, mm -hmm. And they some of them it. are regulars. Mm -hmm. um, and it gives them an opportunity opportunity to come out for lunch it's a free wonderful lunch and um, have to be educated on something and then they may go shopping from there you know what I mean so <laughs> if you're if well, many so of them right but there. they're so yeah, well versed right. they're so well read they have great questions and um, no regret and I always ask every time we have it are you, this is the first time you've been here so and there's always a couple of hands so besides the regulars we're still getting some new customers and so it's advertised it's in the paper right it, yes. and it shows <clears throat> what you know when it is and it is it's cute little lunch bag right. so um and let's give a shout out to one of your newest employees would you like to mention that miss uh, diane i would be happy to randy williams yep um who's a friend to many uh, a friend to us and uh, we're very grateful and thankful that randy is with us now um he's you know Know, he's my moral compass on, on many things and a true uh, wonderful advertising executive um, and he's doing our he's uh, now employed as our director of communications um, and we're very happy to have him yeah he's the best he's a wonderful man yes he is he's he's and as Diane and I said we think he's really loving it <laughs> right so it's a <laughs> good thing so. Diane oh, yay. could you let everybody know all the information of where they could get in touch with anyone who they may need to talk to at hospice sure I I'm, I'm going to give you everybody the main number. It's area code 570-706-2400 for any questions. If you have certain bereavement questions or want to know about the programs that are available, we have probably about 10 to 12 programs that are available. You can call our Center for Education on Montage Mountain Road directly at 570-344-9027, and they'll put you in touch with one of the um, counselors in that department. And your website? Hospice Sacred Heart. Dot org. There we go. Mm -hmm. 
So there, you heard it. There's more information, you know, a little bit more about it. Please call. They are truly a wonderful organization led by a very competent lady. So we thank you for joining us, Diane. Have a very good weekend. Lynn, thank enjoy you your weekend. Me. Next weekend is Super Bowl. So. I'm aware. Yeah. So we'll talk. To, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Be safe and please be nice. Bye. Bye. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.